the Sunshine Patriot in a Crisis shrinks from the service of their country. Winter is coming, and we know what is coming with it. No matter your current position on the journey, stay a while. This is where you can find the tools and the fire to continue on your path. I'll put it up there. Hold on. There you go. I oh. charge five dollars for that. Come on, dear. Five dollars? No, 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 no. We're on YouTube right now. I can't do that. We will catch a guideline violation. Also fair. <laughs> also fair. So, so uh, let's talk about. Uh, hey, anchored Marcus, how you doing? Let's talk about Ukraine. So, as we all know. Shit has officially popped off, and uh, we have all these this these wonderful situations that are going on. And regardless of what side you're on, let me let's talk rhetoric first. The United States decided that they were going to impose sanctions, worthwhile or not, doesn't matter, right? But then. Then you have uh, uh, Russia saying, uh, if you impose sanctions, we're going to classify it as an act of war against us. And then we have sitting members of Congress who say that if one traffic light flickers and they can link it back to Putin, right, that uh, they're going to declare it an act of war. So remember how... I was talking about how proxy wars turn into theater wars, turn into continent wars, and quickly turn into world wars. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> surprise! So why are we prepping? Well, Russia has already uh, has the backing of China. And if you doubt that fact, the fact that we gave intel about Russia to China and China sent it to Russia should tell you which side China's on. They're going to look at, they're going to, worst case scenario, right? They're going to look at the situation and China's going to Taiwan uh, and take over Taiwan. If anybody intervenes, China's going to take care of that situation. And in a worst case scenario, Syria, Iran, all of the people that are on our bad list decide that they're going to sit here and uh, go after Israel. So World War III comes here real quick. So what weapons would they employ? Short of nuclear, though that's bad enough, right? We have uh, cyber warfare, which they can shut down our grid. Problem. Number one manufacturer of turbines in uh, uh Transformers, China. You're looking at a 12 to 18 months turnaround. So if they were to launch an EMP uh, attack over the United States, you're looking at at least a year, right, without power. Minimum. And that's before we're occupied. 
right? And in a grilled down situation, best estimates is 80 to 90% casualties. That's best, best case scenario of people dying 70 to 80% in a year without power in the United States. Uh, so we're going to talk about, yeah. Well, think about this. TikTok went down for two days last summer. Remember? Mm-hmm. Everybody had a fucking meltdown. Well, imagine you can't even get your phone to turn on. You can't use... That <laughs> dude is in charge of morale. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> There's still a chance. There's still hope. There's still hope. <laughs> but no, think about it. They had a meltdown when they couldn't get on TikTok for two days. They, you, we've seen it several times. <laughs> Imagine what happens when you can't turn the lights on when your refrigerator's dead, when you've got no access to information, anything else like that. I mean, these people have no ability to live without being jacked in to the electronic system. I know a lot of the younger generation would definitely suffer from that, like mental health wise. Okay. My pronouns, uh, I identify as an Abrams tank and my pronouns are now free dumb. Okay, I just want everybody to know that I've come. Well, I mean, let let's look at it realistically. Uh, I can't even get a clean pair of underdrawers. That's fine. Morale doesn't need clean underwear. I'm just saying, and nobody's gonna have clean under. Nobody's gonna have clean underwear within three months of the uh, <laughs> of the grid going down. I have a hand powered washer dryer. You can make not one. To be, so. not, not to be, not to be, not to be horrible, but you probably have enough that you could probably go a year without ever seeing the same one again. You have a point. We we probably <laughs> should take notes. That may be something we need to pack in the go bag. <laughs> Clean drawers. <laughs> Why? I don't wear drawers. Hey. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm free, free, free ball. I'm so mad I know that. All right. <laughs> All right. So let's you know, talk. You, we joked about that for a second, but you know, that's, that's something that people never really think about. They never think about, uh, you know, simple things like that. At all. Like, they don't think about, you know, how are you going to get soap or how are you going to get, you know, clean clothes. Does it matter to have clean clothes? Where are you going to find new shoes? How are you going to make new shoes? You know, silly things that people would never. They're just like, oh, I can just go down to the supermarket and get it. How about how about the fact that you're making fun of uh, uh, of the younger generation? But how many people know how to can? How many people know how to make their own soap? How many people know how to sit here and make medicine? Right, natural medicine. How many people sit here? The the knowledge that our great or our grandparents, for me, probably your great grandparents, right, had uh, uh, after the or during the Great Depression. Uh, you know, we live in a society where if something's broken, they just throw it away. It didn't exist. I when when my grandmother passed away. And we had to go through her storage locker. This woman never threw anything away. Anything. 
she sit here and she stored everything. We had asked her one time before she passed away why she kept all this stuff. She says, you never know. And when you prep, you need to sit here and be able to, uh, you you know, you don't have to prep for an end of world scenario. Because I was a prepper then, right? You don't have to prep for an end of the world scenario. Sometimes it rains. Sometimes there's earthquakes or hurricanes or winter storms, right? And if you throw something away, the moment you throw it away, you're going to need it. So she just That's never threw anything away. That's dad's shop. Every time, and I swear to God, it happens every time. I will go through and I'll start organizing stuff, and I'll look and be like, Man, we haven't used this the whole time I've been alive. Toss three days later, where's that tool? Because <laughs> I need that tool now. Well, you sit here and you have stuff like, uh, uh, Can you build something using just hand tools if power goes out? Can you, uh, your clothes are designed to break down. And all of these nice poly fabrics, you know, the microfibers, all of that stuff, they don't last very long. They, they, they have built-in obsolescence. Your electronics have built-in obsolescence. Do you know how to repair them? Can you repair them? Can you sit here and do all of these things? You have a car now. What happens when there's no gas? Are you exercising? That type of stuff. Us dwarves are not really good for short sprints, but we can roll. It's so funny. Tear is like, yeah, I know how to do that. I know how to do that. I know how to do that. I say here and say exercise, and he goes dead fucking silent. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not hear what I just said? Us dwarves are not good for short sprints, but we can roll a long way. <laughs> do you know how to make cordage out of, or rope out of uh, plant fibers? Do you know what plant fibers to make it out of? Eventually, your bullets are going to run out. Depending on how many people survive the initial destruction of society or how many uh, or when the other governments decide that, okay, they've been weakened enough. Let's go in and take them over. Right. All of these things. I keep telling people that it's all nice and fine to have a fancy firearm, but it's really so much easier to have black powder. A black powder rifle, and you can melt down and make just about any kind of metal into a ball if you need it. It's true. So, <laughs> we're going to talk about... Now, prepping can be scary for a lot of people, right? Because if you see here and you realize, okay, I need at least a year's worth of food. I need all of this. I need that. I need that. I need that. People get overwhelmed, and then they don't even try. Right? I love Reaper to death, but if I was to see here and throw at him all of the knowledge that he needed all at once, his head would explode. So we're going to sit here. We're going to talk about. He's taking up a Clemson stats. He's not even in here to defend himself. I, I warned him I was going to roast him all night long. All right. <laughs> so I have a. Later? I hope so. Okay. So he has a PowerPoint. I have a PowerPoint presentation. So we're going to talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Right. Uh, at the bottom is where we're really going to focus. Because you want to focus on food, sleep, water, shelter, those types of things. I kind of mix one and two together because security, uh, your, your, your basic needs, security in terms of firearms, weapons. Uh, I add stuff like uh, lighters, you know, that kind of stuff in the bottom, you know, your house. I don't really put finances like silver, gold, crypto, which would be pointless in a grid down situation anyhow. Right. Uh, or if the government decides to outlaw it again. Right. 
like they're working on so that they can push out their own. Well, we'll cover that later. But uh, so so I don't because you can't eat gold or silver. And if you're in a situation where things are desperate, people aren't going to trade silver and gold for food. The only metal that may get traded would be ammunition because you can use it for something. But I would use the silver or the uh, you might be able to use the gold. It's easy to melt down and make shit out of. <laughs> but not for monetary reason. Right. I wouldn't trade you food for it. The greatest currency will be food and water. You are correct. Now I'm gonna we're gonna talk about uh shelter later, but let's talk about the uh food and because this the only one on here that i would sit here and i would i would put down at the bottom is something for morale because if you focus on well okay how many people by by show of hands or in the uh chat have been watching the last 48 hours uh ukraine situation russia situation uh all of the bad news how about the last 14 months since Biden's been in office? So here, watch all the news and you get depressed and it burns you out. How about the last 24 months since we've dealt with COVID where you sit here, you get burned out. You just need to take a mental break. You know, people on TikTok, you hear it all the time. I'm taking a break, you know, for mental health, right? You need something for morale. You cannot live in the dark and in the bad news all day. Are you done asking questions? Can I put my hand down? Yeah, you can put your head down. Fuck. You can sit here and you can stay in that darkness, but you know, it's like that if you look into the abyss, be careful because the abyss looks back into you. And you'd right? be surprised. You'd be surprised how little it takes though to, to boost your morale. But if you don't have that, you end up grouchy like me. A deck of cards. Uh you know, somebody to just talk to. You know, there's a reason that prepper movies constantly have what's that Tom Hanks one? The one where Castaway, I think it is, with the volleyball where Wilson. he's got the friend. Wilson. Yeah, Wilson. There's a reason that, that in prepping uh, circles, that movie is legitimate. Because they understand the need for some sort of communication. At the... Wo oh. Hold on. Morale will be laughing at the woke people crying at the mean Russian called they, them, him. <laughs> sad but true yep. and then you have this one I'm taking a break for mental health I've heard that enough from one person a lot I don't know who you're talking about and it doesn't matter I think it's important that you take a break from social media and you get out of the news At once a year for 30 days I don't consume any news but if you ask my family I'm in the news every waking moment if I'm not actively searching for it on the internet, I'm listening to podcasts and radio broadcasts from all over the world. By the way, there is a an app I highly recommend that if you want to get news from outside of the United States, or if you want to learn a language, I suggest Russian or Chinese. Various reasons. Sorry, bad joke. but uh... That's not written in a book, is it? What? Fuck that book. <laughs> I'm not. You told me not to tell you. It's called Radio Garden. 
And you see, you can scroll the it around, and you can listen to all the radio stations. You can pick an area, like it has a globe, right? This is its interface. This is how you tune in, right? You sit here, and it's a globe, so you can spin the globe anywhere you want to go. Zoom in on the country that you want to do, and then it's got different cities, and you can click on it. It'll bring up the list of uh, radio stations that are on it. So if you ever want information, you know, if you don't believe our media, go listen to theirs. And congratulations for being an intelligent human being. Right. All right. So let's go on to the next slide. I actually, one thing I wanted to point out, one thing I disagree is I don't, I get why Maslow's hierarchy has it listed the way it is, but I think that safety and love and belonging actually need to be switched. You think security? I think security is more than the psychological need. Oh, safety and loving and belonging. Yeah. Those two well, need to be switched because I think that the security is act uh, it the psychological need for security and the and and everything that you've prepped. If you can't protect it, then you're fucked anyway. Well, that's why I put security down at the bottom. You can move any of them any way you want. It, this is just the basic setup. You need okay. Remember what we talk about the 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 rule of threes. You can leave. You can live three minutes. Without oxygen, three hours without shelter, three days without water, and three weeks without food. But you can only live three seconds without hope. See, because I'm if prepper, I can I can survive longer than three weeks without food. You say that? I know. <laughs> there comes a point where even the fat people hit that plateau of their bodies no longer eating their fat stores and starts to eat the organs. And it happens at the same rate almost across the board. But yes, you're probably right. You probably get an extra week if you don't go anywhere and sit exactly where you're at and you have plenty of water to drink. So let's talk about the easiest one first. Let's talk about water, right? My dead bod proof. <laughs> fair, 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 fair. Here, I'll put it up on. Anchored, I love you. I can only live a few hours without food. My dad bod proves that. <laughs> fair. Okay. So, so let's talk about uh, water, right? How long can you live without water? It's three <laughs> days. However, how much water should you have per person per day? If you go to FEMA.gov or if you go to Red Cross or those types of agencies, they will tell you that you need one gallon of water per day, per person. So if you're looking at 30 days, that's 30 gallons per person. Yeah, but however, you should at least double that because... However, I recommend three gallons because the average American right now uses 50 gallons of water for hygiene a day. If you take a shower and brush your teeth, flush the toilet, all of that stuff, you're looking at 50 gallons. I recommend three. You're probably not going to be taking a whole lot of showers. I suggest baby wipes uh, to clean the, 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 the musty parts and uh, worry about the other stuff when you can find a river, lake, something like that. Uh, all right. So and I have to go make sure that Twitch is working correctly. But let's talk about uh, water. Uh, three gallons of water is what I recommend. You don't have to watch it on that, or you don't have to go off of that. But I do find that it helps uh, to sit here and 
you know, because I drink a lot more water. Like, I'm like two. So, for reference, if you were to go one gallon per day, you would need one IBC tote. 375 gallons approximately, just just for drinking. All right, you can catch it with rainwater. You can purify it. I suggest a little purifier. But uh, so that's what you want to store. Uh, they have the little uh, purifiers. They have the little uh, chemical ones. We've done a prepping episode on our podcast where we talked about the different ways. So I'm not going to cover it a lot here. But you're looking at three gallons per day. Now we're going to cover one that's slightly more complicated. We're going to talk about, you can ignore that one. I don't know why that slide got in there, but it seems fitting. It says, hey, friend, I know the world is scary right now, but it's going to get worse. So anyhow, this is this is a a quarter acre in terms of a homestead. I know it's really small. I just wanted to give you a picture of what's possible on a small area of land, right? Where they've got the the fruit trees, the chickens, the, you know, all of that stuff. So let's talk about, right, how many, how many pounds of food, because you can do it uh, calorically. And if you're doing it calorically, you need to figure out your basic metabolic rate, your BMR, based off of your height, weight, and your sex. And then you need to multiply it by 1.9 in heavy activity, which when you're in survival and you need to chop food and you need to, you know, you need to go scavenging or whatever it is you need to do, going to be working really hard, probably harder than you've ever worked in your life. So you need to multiply whatever your basic metabolic rate is times 1.9 to get your true calories that you need per day to maintain and still work strenuously. For me, that is 4,200 calories per day because I'm a big guy, right? (laughs) Just saying. My son actually has a higher caloric intake than I do because of age. Uh, apparently, I'm at that age where I'm starting to slow down. So it's like, yeah, you don't need as many calories. Because if you go off of the standard prepackaged food, when they, a lot of companies are less than 2,000, they're 1,750. I don't know how many of you have been out of the country or have been in impoverished countries. They may get the number of calories that are necessary. Ha. <laughs> Sorry. So, <laughs> so, if you've been there, you've seen people who get the minimum number of calories necessary for survival, right? The, the 1,200, 1,500, 1,700 calories. At, or, you know, Eastern Europe, right after, uh, right after 93, the whole Serbian conflict, uh, Yugoslavia, or it's not Yugoslavia anymore, Serbia-Albania conflict. Right, the people that came out of there looked like they came out of a concentration camp. And that is because that that was, in addition to everything, it was enough to keep them going, but it wasn't enough to thrive. And in a survival situation, the key is thriving, not just surviving. So how do you accomplish that? If you don't want to do, like, I have this chart. The next four slides talk about how many gallons, like if you're going to store it in a 55-gallon tote, for poundage that you get based off of each individual uh, 
And I may put this to music and then make a TikTok and put it on the TikTok so people can see it. Oh, careful now that you might get banned for that. I'm going to use my music. I own it. Fuck them. So anyhow, but uh, so the the basic rule of thumb is that the average human being eats 750 pounds worth of food per year. So you can get 750 pounds worth of rice or corn or beans if that's the only thing you want to eat. I don't highly, I don't recommend that. That's why I have this chart is because it allows you to sit here and figure out, okay, I have three people in my house. I need 750 pounds of whatever, right? Or for food per each. Yes. I just want to point out that there's a danger. There, there, there's a hidden monster in your list here. If you're not used to eating properly, that nine grain cereal is going to have you sitting in the shitter for a well, week. Okay, look, I have I have more. See, look, oh, I've got beans okay. and flour, right? I've got dehydrated fruit, milk, dairy, powdered eggs, right? Pastas, sprouting seeds, dehydrated vegetables, right? So I got a lot of stuff on here, right? And then I have the pantry supply list. This is stuff that you want. It, you don't have to necessarily think of the poundage that you need. But it's like spices and oils and stuff that doesn't last forever. The other ones last in a Mylar bag for 10 to 15, 25 years if it's, if it's temperature controlled. Right? These not necessarily. Oil only has a shelf life of like one to two years. Right? Nuts and seeds are the same way. Because they have a high oil content. But spices are important. A lot of preppers, when it comes to time for, you know, okay, what do we need? They they sit here, they forget. Ha! <laughs> he's going he's gonna to have me cracking up the entire fucking so, time. So they forget about. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Chum, you need to do the comments while I talk. Oh, okay, okay, okay. One thing to point out, though, you, I, I, I want to stress this because we talked about it once before on it, but it wasn't on a live podcast. And I want to get you, I want you to repeat it for everybody. Get shit you will actually eat. Right. Okay. So here, here's my philosophy on this. You will eat anything if you are hungry enough. So that's why I recommend that you start out with rice, uh, whole corn, uh, some sort of bean, uh, a wheat. Right, wheat berries, stuff like that, so that you can, because you you can make a lot of shit with those ingredients, right? And they count as a backup. Then you can get the, you know, then you can get the extra stuff, right? Like the stuff on the pantry's list, honey and nuts and seeds, and you know, uh, your dehydrated milk and all all of that kind of stuff, butter, eggs, you know, that kind of stuff, uh, powdered eggs, if you really want them. You should be raising them at that point, though, if you have the opportunity. I, I am raising I, them. I, I wasn't talking about you. Everybody knows what you're. You you've got the whole list. No, I was meaning is. Um, I think one thing that people forget it's on that list is salt. Yes, salt. So so we went to Tractor Supply, <laughs> and we bought one of those big <laughs> horse licks, right? Where it's straight one hundred percent iodized salt. And we bought one of those blocks. Each one of those blocks is like 40 pounds. So it's a year's worth of salt for my entire family. Now they have a pink block. Uh, but I want to compare uh, uh, a real salt. Because I have 
I have a company called Real Salt. It's it's like pink salt, but it's not pink. Right? It's got all of the, the vitamins and nutrients and stuff like that. And you can buy it in 10-pound buckets, right? Which is awesome. And I just stick them in there for the extra... Because that's the salt I use all the time anyhow. So... But, like, see how it has frozen on the list? If power goes out, you're not going to have anything frozen, right? Uh, you, you know, spices, dairy, you know, that kind of stuff. Butter, right? unless you have powdered butter, right? That kind of stuff. <laughs> yes! Yes! Yes, I am! Yes, I am! As a matter of fact, uh, and I know that, I know that we risk losing our live stream by the way we're on twitch and we're on rumble right now so so yeah i finally got rumble to work apparently i have to go get a stream key every single time we do it so it's not automatic like it doesn't keep it forever like youtube and twitch does which is fine but okay so here if you are if you are trying to prep on a budget Right. The best thing that you can do when it comes to corn is to go into a feed store, get the whole corn that doesn't have any flavoring. Now, the reason that it's not that it's listed not for human consumption is because they don't filter it or wash it at the same level that you would for uh, for for human consumption. So just recognize that right off the fact that they're the corn may have bits of stone in it but if you've ever bought large things of of corn from a uh from from a bulk store it still has it in there so you know whatever so right just boil just boil the shit out of it yeah when you cook it or filter it before you put it in a 55 gallon drum right filter it you know sift it Throw it in there, and then when you get it out, you're gonna wash it anyhow. So you just wash it, let it soak, and you're done. So it's like one of those those magic meals, though magic foods, because you can add it to stews, you can eat it by itself, you can make cornmeal mush, you can make cornmeal bread. Doesn't corn really not have it like <coughs> nutrition though? It does have some nutrition. Uh, yeah, I I meant I brought up contamination. No, no, there are specific types of, there are specific, oh, oh, you mean radioactive for when storing, yes, uh, and and we can get to that point, <laughs> yes. Especially uh, after what the Russians decided to do for fucking Chernobyl. Um. <laughs> yes, uh, Anchor, the, the deer corn is what I was talking about, the stuff that you get from the feed store. It is the whole corn for deer and game, and if, you know, and it always helps to have some scratch grains. Not that I would eat them, but you can bring in uh my man. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh actually, you know, speaking of real quick on the alcohol thing, there's actually a lot more uses for the alcohol than just drinking. Uh it's a really great um you can use antiseptic. It's a really great antiseptic. I couldn't think of the fucking word. Fuel. <laughs> Fuel antiseptic, you can use it for uh, purifying certain things. It's it's useful, but it's also really great for morale. All right, so going on to the next thing. So <laughs> I have a I have an emergency uh, storage challenge. This is per person. What it does is basically tells you what you need to gather every week 
the 52 weeks of the year, right, per person. So in your week one, you're going to get 10 gallons of water per person saved. By the time you get through it, that should be enough to sit here and get you through a year if you don't tap into it on the way through. Mm -hmm. So people are going to look at this list and they're going to be like, oh my gosh, that is so much, right? So let me help. Here's an easier one. How about two weeks? This is what you can buy in the first uh, over a two week period. It's nothing crazy. It sits here and it gives you a basis, right? So you sit here and you do the two weeks. You see your cycle through, right? The stuff that's getting next to an expiration date. You eat that stuff. And these, where you're going to rotate your stock, the two weeks, this is where you want to get the stuff that is stuff that you will eat. Like if you're allergic to mushrooms, Please don't get cream of mushroom soup. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's on the list. I'm supposed to get it. Right. You know what the if only you are taking Huh? The only you know what the only use for cream of mushroom soup is? Boy, I love cream of mushroom soup. I, I used to. I used to. Okay, so uh, the old movie theater here in town that it's got two decks, right? And uh this kid would warm up cream of mushroom soup and he'd be standing on the top deck and he'd go and he just no. tossed it over the top <laughs> ever since then i can't stand the smell of it i can't stand the look of it i'll eat it if i have to but damn all right so for bread apple. for bread without freezing remember that the bread is like pancakes right if you keep the ingredients separate they last forever yeah you could also do hard tack hard tack will stay forever too no, I think he actually tack. wants real bread, not not hardtack. Hardtack is real bread. No, it's not. You just dip it in the soup, dude. I have I have used <laughs> it for survival. No, it's not. Right. Okay, Trust do you me. Know, do you know what communion cookies are? Like, have you ever been to like a, a southern? No, you've never been to a southern church. Okay, they make this little really hard wheat cracker. It is a is a great way to describe, it, except it's it's hard as hell. It's nutritious. It's disgusting. Okay. So here's the ingredients for hardtack. Ready? Flour, water, salt. That's it. <laughs> yep. You mix it all together. You put it on a tray. You poke fucking holes in it so that it won't kill you. Stick it in the oven and you cook it till there's no liquid left in it. And, and it turns it. into fucking body armor. <laughs> I was about to say you could use it to replace the plates in your carrier. <laughs> <clears throat> there is a nutritional value to heart attack. It's called if calories. Using, well, if, you're using, <laughs> if you're using bleach flour, then no. If you're using whole flour... Then it doesn't last as long because whole flour only has a shelf life of three years. Just saying. Yeah, but hopefully by that time you figured out how to grow more. Hardtack? No, flower, dumbass. <laughs> if hardtack grew on trees, then we'd have to start looking for a baconator tree. All right, so what we're going to go to next is we're going to go to... Uh, you You don't want to see... Hardtacks is like Popeye's biscuits, drier than grandma's coochie. Yep, fair. Okay. <laughs> 
Asking for wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, Marcus, the the answer to that is learn to grow your own, which leads us into <laughs> our next topic. All right, so you want to grow your own vegetables because eating canned vegetables, dehydrated vegetables, all of this stuff, freeze dried, all of this stuff. There is an eventual end to your supplies. So you're going to have to grow your own. So I suggest you go to a place like this website, right? Where you can sit here and you can get, it'll tell you when to plant, when to harvest, uh, when to put it in the ground, seedlings. And it's based off of your geographical USDA heat zone. All right, this is just for vegetables in the ground. And I know that people will say that anything on this list you can grow anywhere in the United States, depending on, you know, what's, you know, but I live in Florida. And where I live in Florida, I cannot do, um, I cannot grow tomatoes. With the amount of rain that we get, I can grow them in my house. I have tomatoes growing inside of my house, right? But tomatoes outside, the way that it's set up is they grow in the heat of the summer. Well, the other thing that happens during the heat of the summer in Florida is the fucking sun, the rain, and the hurricanes, which have a tendency to destroy crops. And tomatoes, here's a fun fact, if they get too much water, they explode on the vine. Because that's 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 the 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 joy and also bad side of Florida. It's really you know it stays pretty temperate throughout most of the year, but uh, there's at least one portion of the year where Mother Nature tries to erase you off the board. It's fine. I live near a spring. I just swim in there. <laughs> so all right, so let's keep going with planting. Say you have shitty soil. Most of the soil in Florida, the, the reason that I learned all these alternative methods is because Florida has fucking sand for soil. So these are raised beds. Uh, you can make them out of anything, but to fill them with dirt is expensive. Tomatoes are awesome if you grow them yourself. I can't, my son won't eat the ones in the store, but the ones that grow in the house, I can't keep them away from. So, so. Soil is expensive if you're going to buy it in a bag. Unless you have your own compost pile, that's an additional expense. So here's a way to fill it up on the cheap. If you order Amazon, take those stupid stickers off and the packaging labels, lay them at the bottom, put some yard debris down, then some leaves, then some compost and dirt, and you have yourself a raised bed. Or if you happen to find some kind of former animal farm near you go get that dirt fair so each i never knew why they called it a honey wagon though <laughs> so each plant has different depths how how much how how deep do your beds need to be so that's what this chart is for right it's just little information that you can get to say things that you want to think of when you're planting in a raised bed uh, how deep does the soil need to be? How deep will the roots go? Because it doesn't do you any good if you have really good soil. If you have a 12-inch bed and you plant potatoes in it, 
you're not going to get really big potatoes and you're going to get short ass carrots. So if you use the square foot garden guide, which I do, I have a little template that I just stamp it and poke little holes in it. It's got little scoops. So it, I cheat. And, but it sits here and it tells you what in each square foot, what you can grow in a bed. I like it because I can keep it really intensive planting and it keeps everything spaced off. So it's not, uh, yes, you are, you, you are right anchored. You can, if you have rabbits, chickens, and goats, you can plant almost anything in their back end discharge. The, the, the problem with some of them, specifically rabbit and chicken is that it, it needs to age. It needs to cook some, one, to get out the weed seeds, and two, that fertilizer is potent as shit. If you need fertilizer <laughs> right off the bat, get a five-gallon bucket. In a grid-down situation, get a five-gallon bucket and piss in it when you go outside. Save that piss. Mix it uh, one pint per gallon of water, and it acts as a liquid fertilizer. Ow. Or if you have power or somebody you want to keep occupied and have them pump this shit manually, you could grow it without any soil whatsoever. This is good for leafy greens. Strawberries can grow like this um, where you sit here and it just circulates through the system. Uh, you can use it as an aquaponic, which is where you sit here and you get put fish in there and then the fish poop in the water, right? It runs through the system, fertilizing your plants, or you can do a hydroponic, which is where you put chemicals in the water. Yes, hydroponics. I can't huh. wait for the council of fuck, Rita. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! I got, I got somebody to pick on doing that. And if you're really, really, uh, if you're really, really, uh. You don't want to do. You want to do it the cheap way. Go get bales of hay, throw dirt and yard clippings on top of it, and then cover it with more dirt. It doesn't matter if it's good dirt or bad dirt. As this stuff breaks up, it will. the The hay bales will disintegrate depending on your climate between two and five years. But after the two to five years, it will it will eventually break down. You just till it into your soil, and now you have perfect soil in your ground. Or you can do what I do and be lazy. This is a food forest. <laughs> so you have the, the, <laughs> the layers of the food forest, right? So what you do is you plant your <coughs> 40 to $45 a bale. Are you kidding? Where I live, it's $7 a bale. Just saying. So anyhow, so you start out with a canopy, which is your large fruit and nut trees. You're looking at stuff that grows at when it's mature at 25 feet or more, right? Then you have your lower tree layers. These are your dwarf fruit trees. Most most fruit trees in Florida, uh, apples specifically that are low chill hours, uh, cherries uh, that grow in Florida. I think there's like three varieties that'll grow here, right? They're all smaller. Uh, peach trees, pears, that type of stuff it would be your second layer. Your shrubs is your berries, raspberries, black, uh, 
raspberries and blueberries, loganberries, mulberries fall into the canopy layer because they grow tall as shit. All right. Then you have your herbaceous, which is where your flowers, herbs, vegetables. I look for natives in my food forest. Like I have a garden garden where I plant like all of the crazy stuff. Oh, shush. So uh, I have a garden garden where I grow actual vegetables. But in the food forest, I have stuff that grows native here. That is stuff that you can eat. Why work hard? Because once it's established, I never have to touch it again. I just need to throw the occasional yard waste, you know, where I sit here and mow and just throw it in there. Your soil surface is your low growing ground covers, uh, you know, um, your little flower things. Then you have your fungi and root vegetables. These are your sweet potatoes, your mushrooms, that kind of stuff. And then you have vertical layers. With, these are your vines. So vines around here. Uh, Cat Briar. You know what? I'm trying to teach a lesson. You all fucking around in the comments. <laughs> so you have your you vines there. handle the comments. I meant put them up there, <laughs> jackass. So you have your vines. We have this thing called Cat Briar. It's this thorny thing, but the last three to five inches, it's a native plant. Last three to five inches when they're roasted with butter or oil is just like asparagus. And it grows wild. It's an invasive species. It's not invasive, but it's a weed, right? Kudzu, right? Uh, and where I live, fucking blackberries that have thorns that hate you and want to rip your soul out. Those would be your vines that you, but sweet potato vines also. Uh, Phoenix, fuck off. Next Is slide. Is it a good thing that I can't see the comments? No, he says, uh, uh, he said mushrooms. We're all getting high. Shiitake mushrooms cannot get you high. <laughs> Your fruit is getting a lot of hate in the comments tonight. I just want that to be known. I agree with you. <laughs> He's right, though, about cat briar being delicious. I actually went out to try some. After you had mentioned it, right? Um, what was that? I, I went out and I, one of my uh, one of my buddies was talking about it, and I was like, "You have some?" He goes, "Yeah." So I, I actually tried. It. So it's not fresh. It's been he he pre cooked it and then froze it, and I ate it. I was like, "Yeah, it's actually not half bad." When it's off the vine, once my son found out for like three weeks, that's all he would do is he would run outside <laughs> and he would just stuff his face full of this stuff, and it grows forever. So all right, so it's also important that you realize that everything can grow something, right? The sun, depending on where you live and the season and the type of plant and variety. However, there are places, especially in a food forest where you need to understand light requirements for plants, right? These are a list of low light gardening uh, vegetables, herbs, and fruits and plants. And the only reason I put the plant up there is because it's got uh, aloe vera, right? Everything else, you can't eat it. I don't care about it. I'm going to be honest. Like, I like marigolds. I can eat marigolds, so I'll plant them. Roses, my wife loves roses, and I can eat roses. So I'm going to plant those, right? Uh, everything else, I don't care. You know. <laughs> so that's the low light gardening. And now you have to have a place to store it. Uh, 
these are a couple of ideas uh, for creating a root cellar, especially if your water table, like where I live, my water table is two and a half feet. So I ain't burying nothing in the ground for any depth, which is why I don't have a root cellar, but I have one like this upper one, right, which is made out of sandbags and for small areas uh, like potatoes and stuff like that. The coolers, right, everybody's got coolers. What do you do with them after, you know, uh, what do you do with them in the winter months, right, unless you live in Florida and then you're at the beach full with, with them full of beer, but you live in the colder climates. You're not going to the beach with coolers full of beer. So it, it's a good place to store it during the winter. Uh, look for alternative methods for storing uh, that kind of stuff. Rosebud salad is phenomenal. You are correct. So that is the end of the food. So let's talk shelter. All right. Yeah. All right. Here we go. And I'm not talking about primitive bullshit shelter. I'm talking about if you have a bug out location and you have a house. Right, and you plan on maintaining your house, and the power goes out. If you have something in your house, right, that breaks all the time, you better have extra parts for it ahead. <laughs> you might want to start looking for something that was made. I don't know, pre nineteen sixty. Fair. Those things don't know how to quit. Yeah, my house was built in nineteen thirty-seven, and. It's pretty solid. The extensions, maybe not so much, but and it, every time I get a repair guy in to come look at my piping for whatever reason, he crawls out and he goes, "It's a good thing this built in 1937 because this sure shit wouldn't pass code now." <laughs> so, <laughs> but, huh? Right. So, so you sit here and you need to make sure that your that if you if you have to cover windows for part of the year because of hurricanes, right? You know, your, your uh, hurricane shutters that you have that stuff set up, make sure that you have tools, supplies, nuts, bolts, screws, that kind of stuff that you use all the time. That is a pain in the ass to sit here and build because unless you have a forge, right? You're probably not going to be making nails. It's worth driving to Ohio to get the hay. <laughs> so, uh, we are at almost an hour. Do you want to chip anything in with uh, shelter? Because those are the basics. And then you need a morale item. Right. Well, one of the things that I, I, I often mention is you're a prepper. I'm a survivalist, right? Uh, there, We have two different yeah. mindsets when it comes to when, when it comes to food. Yes, we both agree on that. When it comes to the morale item, we agree on that. Uh, shelter is a bit different for me, but when you find survival is only, and I want to stress this to people, survival is only until you can get to the place where you can thrive, right? So, like, and let's say, let, let's say that you know, hypothetically, we all chose to go to Alabama. Okay. You're living, a, you're living survivalist until you get to your your place of safety, the place that you've decided on. After that, you start building more permanent structures. That's different. But one thing that I want to tell people is uh, if you think you have enough, double it. Fair. So my basic philosophy, and I sold a lot of my prepping <clears throat> supplies when I moved here. Right. Well, I didn't sell them. I donated them to charity. Right. So 
I sit here and um, I have I have developed a per uh, a habit of buying ten percent more than I think I need, and it helps you to build up your own stores, but also with prepping, prep for ten percent more minimum. And the reason that I say that, and, and gather small jars. The reason that I say that is because salt, sugar, spices, herbs, all of that type of stuff. In small containers as a barterable item. But also, I Never live... show how much you have. Right. But also, I live where it, it takes me five minutes that when a hurricane is going to hit down south and everybody evacuates north, right, I can get there and I can pass out water to the people stuck in vehicles, right? Here's a bottle of water, help you on your way, stuff like that. But... It's just a habit of passing on, you know, do the next right thing type of mentality. So I prep for 10% more because I never know if I'm going to see some old lady and her five grandkids who are going to starve to death if they don't get something to eat. So, Well, I, I would think probably one thing I would mention that I understand that prepping and survival, if if you just get hit with everything at once, it is daunting as hell. Red Dad, we don't talk about what I can trade, okay? We'll just leave that alone. I have uh, questions. I have questions. No, 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 no. There will be no there will be no answers for those questions. <laughs> just say I will survive. Anyway, um <laughs> that being said, go out and get you, you know, go out and get a local map. Right? Go out just a, a local map that shows you the the topography of the area you're at and find just a you can go online and get a cheap survival guide for your area. Start small and yeah. just start adding up from there. Yes. Also, don't be a bitch. <laughs> Go get weapons. I I'm just went, I got another 750 rounds of ammo yesterday, and the, the firearm store that I go to was packed. Packed. They were packed they today, too. I stopped by today, too. Ooh. I love them. Well, we better uh, we probably should get to the council fuckery and see what people say about uh, some of the topics we discussed before we get sidetracked on my inevitable picking a fight. Who are you picking a fight with? Everybody. Everyone. <laughs> per usual. All right. I want to talk about preps mostly in the council fuckery, but there's still time for council fuckery. However, if if your signal is super delayed, we're not playing that game because I had to edit so much fucking dead space out <laughs> the last episode. <laughs> I love y'all, but all right, hold on. Let me go to the Council of Fuggery video. Hold on. <clears throat>
The preceding podcast is brought to you by Heimdall, Keeper of the Bifrost.